0: Book My Show Jukebox presents, Think About It with Diksha and Aditya. Welcome guys to the third and a very special episode of Think About It, Addicted to This Game. An episode where we talk about at large pigeons, games, addiction and why you like crushing candy so much.
1: Diksha, you mentioned that this is a special episode. Is it because how this episode is deeply connected to what we do in our work life or day-to-day life?
0: Exactly. You know how it's funny that we never mentioned on the show that what it is that we exactly do or who we really are.
1: Who we really are? Well, that's a deep question.
0: No, I mean, what is it that we do full-time?
1: I guess we kind of expected that people would just Google our names and learn more about us.
0: Let's actually Google your name. Aditya Gopal Kangoli. And see, the first photo is that of a lion.
1: Yeah, nothing so funny. That's because that lion is my Twitter profile pic as well.
0: But there's a lion's photo before yours. As if there was any more proof needed to prove that you were born in a zoo.
1: My results are at least better than yours. Like, there's a very small reference to you on second page of Google. You know, there's a running joke about that, right? If you kill someone... Hide them on the second page of Google because nobody, simply nobody goes there.
0: Coming to the main point, this episode is special because it's about games and you work with a game development company.
1: Exactly, so serious games, VR games and this one is special for you because we are going to talk a lot about human behavior today. And that's what you are studying full time for your degree.
0: Cognitive and behavioral sciences to be precise.
1: Great. So to start with games, you know there's this popular PS4 game called Uncharted. It's one of my favorite games and at the end of its last version that is Uncharted 4, after almost losing their lives in the last adventure, the main couple in the game realizes that they do need to they, that they do need more such adventures and just need to balance it perfectly with their regular lives.
0: Okay, what well then?
1: So at the end of the game, the main character Nathan says on the suggestion of going on more adventure it's not going to be easy, you know. And Elena, his wife, after staring at him, tells him, nothing worthwhile is. And that simple statement is an extraordinary example of how games can teach you some amazing life lessons.
0: Wow, games have meaningful dialogues too. And the only audio I thought games had was something like...
1: Tasty chocolate divine. Well, I don't blame you understanding if those are the kind of games you keep yourself limited to, and I'm not judging you either.
0: Right. I mean, games can be considered as an art form as well. Just like all the other art forms, people differ in the terms of what
1: they like. True. I mean, sometimes it's a matter of exposure. But it's different. For example, I prefer paid, narrative-driven games that have a beginning and an end. Not the pay-to-play kind of games with their microtransaction and loot boxes and other cash-grabbing techniques.
0: Well, I mostly like those casual mobile games, meant to kill time. We do have some games that both of us love.
1: Yeah, Monument Valley. What a beauty. True. But it's one thing when you play a game for hours and hours because you like it. But it's something else when the game is designed in a way to kind of trick you into playing it for hours and hours. Or designed in a way that it turns into an addiction.
0: In a draft version of WHO's upcoming International Compendium of Diseases, commonly known as ICD, gaming addiction has been actually classified as a disorder along the lines of drugs, alcohol and gambling addiction.
1: What does the draft say?
0: So it basically says that gaming disorder is characterized by a pattern of persistent or recurrent gaming behavior, which may be online or offline, Manifested by 1. Impaired control over gaming 2. Increasing priority given to gaming to the extent that gaming takes precedence over other life interests and daily activities Understood And 3. That continuation or escalation of gaming despite the occurrence of negative consequences
1: Gaming disorder, you know, that seems a bit extreme if you ask me. Puts a wrong light on games
0: not if you take into account the fact that in Taiwan, a place which is no stranger to gaming-related deaths, people actually have died after continuously playing a game for 3-5 to five days.
1: Every addiction has a backstory though, but moving away a bit from games, people often limit addiction to just drugs, alcohol, gambling, etc.
0: But a lot of people are addicted to stuff without even realizing the same.
1: For example, in a recent survey that used questions based on criteria that is used to assess substance abuse, It was found that most of us are addicted to one thing or the other, showing dependencies on things a regular addict would towards his or her addiction. And I know that surveys are always meant to be taken with a pinch of salt, but the survey suggests addiction towards things like visiting social media, binge watching TV, watching sexually explicit content, or even drinking coffee.
0: Hmm, that broadens the scope and understanding of addiction as a whole.
1: But how do we get addicted to things?
0: Addiction, as you can say, is a behavior, hence the right question to be asked is, how do we form behavior?
1: Okay, how do we form a behavior?
0: Now, there are multiple ways to look at it, but the one that I prefer can be explained through pigeons.
1: Pigeons? For real? Yes. I guess I know who you are going to talk about. B.F. Skinner. That's what I thought.
0: So, B.F. Skinner was one of the most prominent behaviorists, a subsection of psychology where the focus is less on mental processes but more on overt observable behavior.
1: Correct. And he did a bunch of experiments with pigeons, rats and his own children.
0: Not done Mr Skinner. He's also the father of operant learning according to which we tend to learn and repeat behavior for which we are rewarded.
1: Which is also called reinforced learning.
0: But in one of his very interesting experiments involving pigeons where he kept them in a controlled environment.
1: Yep, yeah, they were closed in boxes where they could literally do only one action. So controlled environment is a bit of euphemism.
0: And that one action was tapping the plexiglass in the box. And every time they tapped the plexiglass, they received food, a good enough reward. But in other scenarios, there was an interval between rewards, say
1: 60 seconds. So if you got food now, you will only get food after 60 seconds, no matter how many times you pegged.
0: And the timing could vary as well. It could be way lower or higher than 60 seconds, which could be pretty random.
1: And that would make pigeons go crazy.
0: Some articles even suggest that one pigeon tapped the glass 87,000 times in 14 hours. And what percent of time did it actually get a reward?
1: Less than 1%.
0: And that's exactly what happens with digital products as well.
1: You sign up, you get a feed, and that feed is filled with rewards.
0: In the form of photos, gossip, articles, opportunities.
1: Your social media apps, email... Anything where you refresh and get something new would fall in this category.
0: So, for example, you might refresh your Facebook feed and see some amazing photos. Your friends might upload some new photos just in a few minutes or maybe a few days. But you know that refreshing your feed will get you some interesting pictures.
1: And just like that pigeon, you keep on tapping, you keep on refreshing.
0: But in this case, opening up the app again, checking your mail again and again, checking various feeds again and again, you do not even notice and you're hooked.
1: Hooked? That's in fact the name of the one of the best-selling books that product managers and companies use to create products that you actually get hooked to. What? There's a book about turning us into tapping pigeons? Kind of. And it works really well. Apps and services, they are engineered to drive you towards compulsion.
0: And what does the book say?
1: It revolves around a model, a very well-celebrated one in the startup community. In fact, if you have to give up the impression that you are a genius product person, just recite the model.
0: This is kind of like the chauffeur knowledge that we discussed in episode two, which in case you guys haven't heard, you must.
1: Right. The model essentially says you need to understand, define, and build four things if you want users to keep coming to your product again and again. First is the trigger, which is essentially anything that pulls people to your app.
0: Let's do it with an example. So I have, let's say, a short stories app, and the trigger for the user is a desire to read horror stories.
1: Fine, so far. You are serving a need. Now, you need an action, something that gets you that reward.
0: Mm, Say, refreshing the app by swiping down.
1: Perfect. And now come to the third part, the reward. It needs to be variable. You may get what you are looking for in 5 minutes or maybe in 5 hours.
0: So, refreshing might get you a horror story, but it can also get you a romantic story.
1: Or it can be horror comedy or romantic horror. The key here is to keep the reward or at least its duration unpredictable.
0: Very close to BF Skinner's pigeons. What is the last thing?
1: Lastly, you need to make people feel as if they have invested in the app, in the form of anything, likes, shares, saves, anything.
0: So for example, the short story app might allow you to like these stories and even bookmark and compile them in
1: a virtual notebook. Brilliant! And now that you even feel invested, you are hooked to the product. Figure out these four things for your product and you might actually be able to make people use your product to the level where it becomes a compulsion.
0: It is the same reason we keep on refreshing our feeds every 10-15 minutes, one app or the other, waiting for that piece of food to drop in in the form of a photo or a status update.
1: So coming back to games, this is what games do too. It almost becomes close to gambling. You have a game with different characters with different powers. You need virtual coins to buy a box. Now tapping on this box will unlock a character. And you don't know which one it will be, so you might spend even real money to buy Even more coins to get more boxes.
0: And the situation is so bad and so close to gambling that some governments are actually looking into it. Apple has even asked its developers to clearly mention the probability of getting a particular reward for games like these and build some predictability.
1: And there is that element of investment too. Your score, badges, characters, farm, clans, whatnot. They are all your investment.
0: And then another psychological principle is used on top of all this to make sure you come back. Loss aversion.
1: Guys, compare the joy of finding a 100 rupees note to the pain of losing a 100 rupees note.
0: The pain, the loss, it will always impact you way more than the good thing. It's evolutionary. We are always more sensitive to negative things. Doing that helped us survive in the early ages.
1: I mean, if you have to sell a product, try focusing on what people will lose by not using your product versus what they will gain by using your product. This has been proved in researches again and again.
0: Heck, do this as an experiment and you will always find inciting the fear of losing out on something as a better sell.
1: Fear of missing out, FOMO, it's real guys, it's real.
0: So in games, you might find features like check-in daily to make sure your farm doesn't rot, or your daily bonus isn't missed. And there's your formula to make people play your game over and over again.
1: Now that we have discussed so many concepts, let's do something fun. Let's break down popular games in terms of the principles that drive us to them.
0: All right. Okay. Let's start with the one and only Farmville.
1: Okay, Farmville, Mm, a sense of investment is there. Hmm. Check in time to time to take care of your crops. So there's that element of loss aversion as well. If you don't check in you, you know, you lose your crops or something like that. And then that tendency to show off and look good in front of others. Hey, look, my farm is so amazing. It's a reflection of who I am as a person.
0: Yeah. Okay. Clash of Clans or any other simulation games?
1: Researchers suggest that autonomy plays a big factor in our happiness and these games provide you with a sense of autonomy plus again loss aversion come protective force investment etc those factors play a major role as well
0: okay i'll try to explain the last game give me a game
1: mm, your favorite candy crush those match 3 puzzlers
0: well first there's this factor of pattern recognition and we human beings love to recognize patterns makes us feel in control And you know how we end up seeing a face in a potato?
1: Yeah, I've seen those things.
0: So it builds on our love for identifying patterns, you see. And in this case, among candies. Second is a reward system. Reinforcement learning. So every time you match candies, you get a reward in terms of a bigger candy. Overall in the game, the first few levels are easier, giving you the reward of winning, fireworks, and cheers. And then you keep on trying again and again to get that reward, especially when the levels become
1: so difficult. And you end up getting addicted to the game in the process. A very, very compulsive loop.
0: And also, since you can't keep trying unlimited times at once as a result of limited lives, you don't burn out either.
1: It's amazing to see how some of the best apps and games today are the ones that work towards creating an illusion of control when in all honesty, armed with gigabytes of data about you mixed with the psychological principle, it's a very one-sided battle between these corporations and your free will where you are bound to lose.
0: And you pay the price in the form of attention, clicks and often money. But hey, thanks to us, now you at least know what goes on behind the products you use daily and how you can make your consumption a bit more
1: conscious. That's all for today's show and in the next episode we will discuss why it is becoming harder to make the right choices in every domain imaginable in your life.
0: Keep listening to Think About It, with me Diksha and Aditya. The show was written and produced by Aditya Kupal Ganguli. that you can listen to exclusively on. Book my show, Jukebox, where all you have to do is just press play.